0: For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hello, and
3: welcome to episode number 502 of Smart Podcast Trashy Books. I'm Sarah Wendell, and my guest today is Kate Spencer, who is an author and the host of the podcast Forever 35, which you may have listened to. Her new book, In a New York Minute, is out this week, and y'all, this book is so charming and fun. And in our conversation, we are going to talk about vulnerability, and projecting narratives onto strangers, especially on social media. And we're going to talk about vintage rom-coms. She is a romance fan and a rom-com fan, and it's a pleasure to talk to somebody who is so affectionate towards the genre, just like we are. I will have links to all of the books and the movies we talk about in the show notes. You can find everything at smartbitchestrashybooks.com slash podcast. Hello and thank you to our Patreon community for making this episode possible and for making sure that every episode has a transcript. Hi, Garlic Knitter. I have a compliment this week to Kirsty. You are the personification of bottomless, perfect cocktails at a brunch where the coffee is flawless, food is just right, and the company is exquisite. If you would like to have a compliment of your very own, have a look at our Patreon community, patreon.com slash This episode is brought to you in part by Stamps.com. I feel like such a real podcaster when I say that. Even though I am a small business owner who works mostly on the internet, I do still have things to mail for my business. I have giveaways to run. I have prizes to ship. I send books in the mail all the time. And as much as I like the people who work at my local post office without fail when I go, there are always 50 people who have arrived just before me. With Stamps.com, you skip the trip and focus on other things. Stamps.com lets you print official postage right from your computer and saves you money in the process. And you get discounts you can't Find anywhere else, like up to 40% off USPS rates and 76% off UPS. All you need is a computer and a standard printer. There's no special equipment, no special supplies. Stop overpaying for shipping with stamps.com. Sign up with promo code Sarah for a special offer that includes a four-week free trial, free postage, and a digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to Stamps.com, click the microphone at the top of the page, and enter code Sarah. This episode is brought to you in part by Bombus. Bombus's mission is simple. Make the most comfortable clothes ever and match every item sold with an equal item donated so when you buy Bombas, you are also giving to someone in need. Bombas designed their socks, shirts, and underwear to be the clothes you cannot wait to put on every day. Everything they make is soft, seamless, tagless, and has a luxuriously cozy feel. There is a pair of Bombas socks for everything you do, and they come in a ton of options like comfortable performance styles, I was so excited to receive a pair of Bombas socks as a gift. They are wonderful. They are warm and snug and perfect for hanging out and walking the dogs when it's cold out. I also have a new merino wool long sleeve shirt that I absolutely adore. It is not itchy. It is warm. It is soft and so comfortable. Go to Bombas.com slash Sarah and get 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash Sarah for 20% off Bombas.com slash Sarah. Sarah. This episode is brought to you in part by Osea. Wherever you are in the world, the seasons are probably starting to change. And for me, that means warmer, which means shorts and short sleeves and more moisturizer for my skin. And if you are looking for gentle, soothing self-care, have a look at Osea. You've probably heard me talk about how much I love the Osea body oil. It soaks in easily. It is never greasy. And I can't tell you how smooth and soft my skin feels. I just adore it. Osea also has a hyaluronic sea serum that I tried. And wow! I love how hydrated and soft my skin feels after I use it. It is perfect after I wash my face. All of Osea's products are clean, vegan, cruelty-free, climate-neutral, and created with sustainably sourced seaweed. And made in California, so you can feel good about what you are putting on your skin. Find your new skincare favorites at oseamalibu.com and get a special discount just for our listeners. Get 10% off your first order with promo code SARA at oseamalibu.com. You'll get free samples with every order and orders over $50 get free shipping. You're going to want it all. Go to oseamalibu.com and use code Sarah. This episode is brought to you in part by Fast Growing Trees. It is almost spring and I can't wait to start filling in the bare areas of my yard with some of my favorite plants. When it comes to caring for your plants, know-how matters. That's why FastGrowingTrees.com's experts curate thousands of plant varieties that will thrive in your specific climate location and needs. There's no waiting in lines and no messy cars from hauling plants all over town because you order online or over the phone and your plants are shipped to your door in one to two days. Plus, their growing and care advice is available 24 7. Whether you're looking for increased privacy, shade, or just adding some natural beauty to your yard, fast growing trees have the perfect plants and the expertise to help you find them. Even if you've never had a green thumb, they will make you feel like you do. One million home gardeners have already seen what fastgrowingtrees.com can do for them. Last year, I bought two hydrangeas and I am so So excited to see them in this spring. And we even got my mother-in-law a gift card to Fast Growing Trees for her birthday this year. And with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, you can trust that everything will be healthy for years to come. Go to FastGrowingTrees.com slash Sarah right now and you will get 15% off your entire order. Get 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com slash Sarah. FastGrowingTrees.com slash Sarah. Sarah. This episode is brought to you in part by Headspace. Do you ever feel like your mind doesn't have an off switch or that tension is constantly traveling through your body? Or do you feel tired no matter how much you sleep? That is just one of the few ways that stress, anxiety, and sleeplessness can harm your mind and your body. This year, why not make small changes to your daily routine that have a big influence on your mental health and well-being? Start your year with Headspace. We all say we're fine when we don't really mean it, but fine isn't really an emotion, is it? How many times have you told yourself you're fine when all you've really felt is anger or sadness or just nerves? Headspace is scientifically proven to help you manage your feelings and your mental health. In fact, a recent study proved that in just two weeks, Headspace can reduce your stress by 14%. Whether you want to relieve stress and anxiety, sleep better, or improve your focus, Headspace is your daily dose of mindfulness for real life. I personally love the courses on anxiety and on happiness, but I really love the sleep casts. My favorite is still Cat Marina. However you're feeling, try Headspace at headspace.com Sarah and get one month free of their entire mindfulness library. This is the best Headspace offer available, so go to headspace.com Sarah today. Headspace.com slash Sarah. Are you ready to start this episode? Let's do the thing. On with my conversation with Kate Spencer.
2: My name is Kate Spencer, and I am a writer and a podcaster. And previously, I wrote a memoir that came out in 2017 called "The Dead Moms Club," which, I you know, I'm sure you can guess from the title, what is it? It is about it's about grief and losing my mom. And uh, I have a new book coming out on March 15th called "In a New York Minute." That is the complete opposite of my first book. It is a <laughs> fiction romantic comedy that in New York, inspired by so many rom-coms that I have loved throughout my life. Uh, And so that is very exciting. And I get to talk to you about that today. And then I'm also a podcaster and I co-host a podcast that is very loosely about self-care in all the many ways it can manifest in our lives. And that is called Forever 35.
3: Awesome. Congratulations on all of these things.
2: Thank you. Thank you so much.
3: I am so excited to talk to you about in a New York Minute. I know you have to describe it a lot as an author. I'm also an author. I've done this many times. How do you describe this book for people?
2: You know, at its heart, this book is is a romantic comedy. It is, I think in the end, a light read that will hopefully be a comfortable escape from the world. It's a dual point of view. We have our heroine Franny, who is having the really, really, one of the worst days of her life after getting laid off walking home sweating lugging her bag she gets onto the new york city subway still rush hour and it's so packed she's pressed up against the door and when she goes to kind of move once the train starts rumbling you know into the on the tracks she realizes that her dress has been stuck in the subway doors and has just ripped and of course a kind of uh grumpy handsome gentleman steps in to offer her his suit jacket and they have this meet cute that from the outside looks very romantic and is captured by people around them and goes viral on Instagram when in reality it was very awkward and uncomfortable and they did not hit it off at all and um you know through the magic of New York and circumstance they keep getting brought together and when they first meet again they think they're you know completely wrong for each other but of course by the end of the book spoiler alert there's a happy ending <laughs> this is romance. And, you know, through the, through getting to know each other, they really realize that they have a lot more in common than they thought. And, you know, the, the, the story really involves obviously them. They're at the heart of the story, but uh, it also explores friendship and family and friends who feel like family. And it's all set in New York city, which was my, my former home and um, still my favorite place in the world. So I got to really kind of also celebrate that love you feel you know, falling in love with a place, which can feel very romantic in a lot of ways.
3: It absolutely can. I used to live in Montclair and commuted a lot into Mm -hmm. Manhattan. Reading this book, it was like visiting a lot of pieces of New York. Thank you. There's a quote that I highlighted about how when you're really familiar with a place like New York, a corner coffee shop that looks completely nothing from the outside is a whole universe to you because of how much that little space means to you. And I love the part that even though they have no reason to cross paths once they do they do again and again and again and again accidentally and on purpose i'm like yep this all sounds very true it must have been tremendous fun to write those parts
2: it was it was really fun because there is you know obviously it's fiction and so we get to i get to you know create this world where these two characters keep meeting coincidentally but there is a real kernel of truth to that if oh, yeah. you've lived i think in any large city where it starts to feel extremely small. You know, there are millions of people around you and you're going about your life and somehow you keep running into the same person or you see the same people or you end up at the same place. And it does begin to kind of have that small town feel. So it was very satisfying to get to, you know, celebrate the things I love and loved about living in New York. Um, with of course, like the magic fairy dust of getting to write fiction. So making it just a little more sparkly than the real thing, but trying to keep it very authentic. I wanted people who live in New York or who have lived in New York to feel like this was an authentic up of the city and also an authentic story about two people because, um, it, these things can happen in New York. Oh. i had some very wild run-ins that turned into friendships or relationships and I wanted to try to capture that
3: I, I definitely think you did because I know I've had the experience of almost meeting somebody in your and your gravity changes your center of gravity changes and suddenly more people are in your orbit that you didn't yeah. necessarily see all the time or now you recognize them because they are in your in your orbit the, the two characters introduce each other to their to their respective neighborhoods yeah. it, it's their yeah. tiny little orbits
2: yeah and 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 then also the neighborhood where you work, like yeah. all these little worlds begin to kind of open up to you, and I think that's what's so magical about when you start dating someone in a city like you know you you might live in the same city, but their world is could be so different from yours, oh, yeah, and all of a sudden you're opened up to this whole new thing, which kind of happens in the book, like Franny has lived in New York you know for eleven or twelve years, but as never walked across the Brooklyn Bridge like you don't do the kind of touristy magical things in the city where you live
3: and, and going doing the touristy things almost reintroduces you to the place where you live where you see it as yeah. a newcomer might see it
2: yeah yeah and I you know I I've lived in Los Angeles for the last Ten and a half years, so I moved, slightly I, different. From yeah, New York, just a very little. different. <laughs> very different. I I love getting to live in California, but this was a really kind of nice way for me to um, torment my homesickness for New York City, and, and also like and also make it feel better. You know, just get to get to imagine what it'd be like to live there again, and that felt yeah. really good. I know
3: that experience. I wrote a Hanukkah novella set at a Jewish summer oh. camp. And <gasps> so I got to be at camp when I was writing it, even though Tara, it was November. I was like, oh, I get to be at camp when I go. Okay, got to go write. Got to go to camp. Bye. Yep. Made me oh so happy.
2: Gosh. So my next book is set at a summer camp. Oh. So we need to, we we need need to, to talk, talk and I need to read your novella tonight. We need to talk. I will send it to you. Oh, my gosh. I would I would absolutely love that. Camp is another one of those magical places yes. that I, I Want to transport everybody, to.
3: That was exactly what I wanted. That's exactly what I wanted. So I have to say thank you for teaching me oh. some of the intricacies of Instagram because I am oh not gosh. fluent in Instagram. And the way that your characters talk about it was so funny. But one of the <laughs> things, and this is not a spoiler because this is in the first chapter. The first chapter does a lot. Um, she goes viral. Franny goes viral. And all of yeah. her immediate friends recognize this is not a good thing.
2: Yeah, I
3: have I have a a close friend who I host another podcast with. Uh, Her name is Alicia Ryan. She went viral about a tweet about cake pops. And it was on Good Morning America. And it was on the Today Show. (laughs) And it was on Hoda and Kathy Lee. And she was like, I am underground. Now I'll come out in a month. Like it was like, my first question for her was like, Oh, my God, are you okay? And yeah, it's a vulnerability going viral. And the thing I love about the setup of this book, if I could just compliment you to your face, because that's not oh, a word. Thank you. This is so <laughs> satisfying. Thank you. It's almost a double, a triple vulnerability. She gets laid off. Her dress rips in the subway. Her ass is literally showing. Awesome. She's crying. A stranger helps her out. And then their moment on the subway becomes a viral narrative that they can't control. And it is so much vulnerability all in one chapter. What was it like exploring so much uh, feelings of just self-consciousness in different directions in the first chapter? Was there a point where you were like, is this too much? No, this isn't no. too much. Just keep going. Just
2: keep throwing like spaghetti at this poor character. Yeah. I, you know, it it tapped on a lot of things that interest me. Mm -hmm. as a as a as a person Mm -hmm. like uh, for me Kate Spencer I have a hard time asking for help I have a hard time being vulnerable in public and and I'm very self-conscious and so exploring what that would be like even just kind of thinking about how is a uh, like how can we still celebrate the human body and being accepting and loving towards our bodies while also admitting that like even showing our butt in our underwear on the subway would still be embarrassing and make us feel self-conscious I had Kind of been playing around with this meet cute idea, just after watching in kind of the you know from like 2014 15 to two thousand and like eighteen, nineteen. There were so many instances of other people kind of narrating viral moments and putting stories upon people as if they, like they were casting them in a you know creating a story around right. the situation that might that was not always true. Yep, and. As an observer of just pop culture and the internet, that really blew, and also a lover of romance and mm-hmm. romantic comedies. Like that was interesting for me because I, there was a, the biggest one was Plane Bays, where um, two people, so a couple switched seats with two people on a plane and sat directly behind them and then kind of narrated the story of these two strangers who had taken their seats connecting and falling in love. I wanted to die
3: just reading that I had so much secondhand embarrassment for that couple. I was like, I cannot,
2: I cannot so much, but also, (laughs) you know, the way my brain works, any story, anybody tells me, I'm looking for the romance in the story. Like I love, I love, I love romance so much that I'm just always trying to find it. So it was hard for me to like want the romance to be real while also recognizing that it was like really inappropriate to be documenting this without these people's permission. And And then, you know, realizing, of course, there was no romantic connection. It was completely um, just a a fabric. You know, it was fiction. And so all of these things were kind of in my mind and wondering what it would be like to experience all of them at once. And then, you know, in a big city like New York, people process big things and big emotions publicly all the time. Oh, yes. yeah, like I have, we- I have gotten awful news in the middle of Broadway and just sat there and wept in public. And so that was another element of it. This kind mm-hmm. of like, how do we handle and, and help strangers who are going through something really challenging yeah. in public, who may or may not want to receive support? Yep, it's I'm, a lot of stuff. It is a lot. Is of stuff a lot. In the first chapter.
3: Now, one of my favorite parts of the book is how Lola and Cleo, who are Franny's mm. best friends show up for her, literally show up, like drop everything to provide support.
2: What were some of your favorite moments writing their friendship? I I truly loved every second of it. And it's so interesting as a writer, when you write a first draft, you know, you don't, like they were still very underdeveloped as characters in the first draft. And, you know, it's, it's this book has gone through so many revisions and drafts that now they feel really fully realized in a real part of her life. But for me, it's really based on my own friendships and I, I just have friends who they will show up. They will, they will call you in is as needed if you are not pulling your weight as a person, but they will show up and.
1: Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds at mid mobile. We like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot.
2: to to get to write, um, women friends as kind and supportive and respectful and funny and, and smart was just like, it was just a blast. And it's completely based on people I know and the way we, we get to treat each other and hopefully how I am as a friend. I mean, let's be honest, you know, I always want to try to improve as a friend, but they just made me laugh, you know, like they, nicknaming every person they hook up with. That is something that I think many friend groups do. You know, nobody calls an actual hookup by their real name. I don't know like half the people my friends have hooked up with. I know them by their like character names that we give them. (laughs) So, and, and just, you know, especially in my twenties, when I was especially broke, we did a lot of like sitting around on steps and on fire escapes and on roofs hanging out and drinking cheap beer and eating like, you know, falafel from the, you know, place down the street. Um, now I want falafel. And so I wanted to really, I wanted to really capture that. Also that makes me really want a falafel. I and want falafel
3: like right now. Does that sound good? Yeah. I know. Oh. One of the other things that I love about um, Lola and Cleo is that they have fully realized lives. They aren't accessories to Franny. Hmm. They are independent people. Wait, 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 wait. Is one of them going to camp in the next book?
2: no okay I, I have to make sure because yeah. I was gonna say what, what one of them ha- one of them's okay we can't send them to camp <laughs> there's no there's no tie-in to the they're both okay. standalones but I'm trying to maybe there'll be some little easter eggs that connects everybody because I always love that as a reader I love that too yes but
3: I I love how they have their own lives there's multiple stories mm. I can see how much work went into revising them and making them into, into oh, people you. oh it's it's really, really lovely to read friendships between women where they're like, okay, I will drop everything and find you because clearly you need
2: someone with you. Yeah, I mean, I, I loved getting to kind of create these humans who are, sometimes they're figuring out who they are and other times they, they feel very secure in who they are. Yeah. And, you know, there were also moments where it was like, like, I can't be there right now. I'm working, like, I have other things going on. Mm-hmm. But, but how can I support you in this moment, yeah. which is, to me, I, I was also hoping to kind of give them healthy boundaries. <laughs> <laughs>
3: yes. Was it, was it a hard
2: decision or
3: is this predating COVID enough that oh. there's no COVID in the book? And I feel like we're at one of those weird fiction dividing lines, like with 9-11 as well. You know, does, it, does, does that exist in this book world or not?
2: I wrote this all pre-COVID. So I was, I was basically like putting the finishing touches on the draft, uh, with my agent to send out on submission, like in right when COVID was kind of hitting. So like, so this world, yeah, it's very, this was really interesting. There's, there's, you know, this was all written before there is no COVID yet. And, you know, this book was going out on submission when COVID not only just hit the United States and the world, but was peaking in New York so intensely. Yeah. And it was a little surreal then being like, here's this book about New York where this awful thing <laughs> doesn't exist. I mean, for me, romance is self-care and I read it to have that good feeling, to have that, to just get a, to get a break, especially right now when yeah. things just feel very heavy. And so- Oh, yes. I feel, I feel, okay, I feel okay about they're not, no, it's totally COVID, fine. in this world. Yeah, because I'm like, well, this, this is a mental break from yeah. even the reality that has faced New York in the last two years. Yep. But I am very curious as to how that's all going to play out in fiction. I'm very, very curious. And, it's a and,
3: big question. It's a very big yeah. question. And we've been here before. We will be here again. We will. We will be here again. Yep. That's a good point. Now, your publicist, Estelle, who I adore, she's fabulous, told me that you love When Harry Met Sally.
2: I and do. In I your love it so much.
3: Book. There is some very excellent, high grade love for Moonstruck, which is Moonstruck. Among My very favorite movies, which proves that you have absolutely exquisite oh. taste in vintage rom coms. And I'm curious if you have a top three of the vintage rom coms because I once wow. broke down my rom coms from the 80s, 90s, and 2000s. And my 80s list. I think I need to go back and watch all of them. But I'm curious what your vintage faves are.
2: I, You know, this is such a great question, and it's one I've kind of been rehashing. I watch When Harry Met Sally probably two times a year. It is, it is everything to me. And it's been interesting rewatching it, you know, as when you go back and watch these fil- films, especially the ones made in the 80s, the oh. level of problematic content, mm-hmm. racism, homophobia, misogyny, just... The
3: gay I, panic is tangible in some of these. Oh,
2: unreal and uh, like and uh, way it's way more recent than i would like to uh, would like to imagine yeah so i i feel like i'm a little hesitant to go like i haven't watched you know what i used to love I used to love can't buy me love yeah I, I love a fake dating i love a yep. fake dating trope yep. that's a classic fake dating movie i haven't seen that movie in probably like 20 years mm-hmm. i am guessing i am guessing i would not recommend it based <laughs> on what i imagine is very problematic content but yeah. i do think I went back and I read like Nora Ephron's I Feel Bad About My Neck, which has some kind of dated stuff. But she's interesting to me as a writer because I do feel like her rom coms have really have held up. Yeah. And I think Nancy Myers have I think hers have as well. Yep. Um, And so obviously when Harry Met Sally, I love Moonstruck. I prefer Sleepless in Seattle over You've Got Mail. I've never been a big You've Got Mail person, but I did give Sleepless in Seattle a rewatch. And that's a little odd. It's a little odd. So so I'm not quite sure if they totally it's, hold up.
3: It's only a little stalking. It's not a lot it's, of yes. stalking. It's only just like 60% stalking. It's a little.
2: Fun. Just a little. <laughs> I don't know if I feel comfortable actually going in and being like, these are the ones. I will say one movie that I think you could argue is a romantic comedy is Pride and Prejudice and the 2005 Pride and Prejudice movie starring Keira Knightley. I have probably watched over a hundred times. Oh,
3: me too. It's, I have it saved on my phone. It's my plane movie. Fame. It's my, I need to turn Fame. my brain off movie. If I need to instant really relax, I put on the soundtrack. Yes. I, oh,
2: same. I love I it. sing that. That to me, I mean, obviously, I and mean, Austin holds up for, you know, centuries. Yeah. But that to me is just the... Perfect romantic comedy, and okay. and I love the two thousand. I've watched the BBC six hour, but I'm a I'm a Matthew McFaden Darcy fan, so I get it. That would that would be my recommendation.
3: My vintage rom com that I need to go back and rewatch because I'm not entirely sure it holds up. Although my memories of the feelings in which which it inspired in me are are crystalline and
2: gorgeous and wonderful, Ooh. is Roxanne from nineteen eighty seven. <gasps> oh that was like my mom's favorite movie i wonder if roxanne still holds i don't
3: know and it's interesting because there's another cyrano remake coming up with peter dinklage but the thing about roxanne is i didn't know this it was adapted and written the screenplay was by steve martin he wrote the screenplay for that which i did not know and I, i don't
2: think i knew that either
3: i love that movie because of steve martin but I really love it because of Shelly Duvall as the best friend.
2: Oh, I know it's such a good friendship movie. That one, so good. I think, you know what? That friendship is so like a great rom-com always has a great friendship. Yes. A great, a great romantic comedy always passes the Bechtel test. Yes. It like, it's not just about, you know, heterosexual swooning over a man. It, it, <laughs> there's always something, there's always so much more depth to it. And, and, they never get credit for that. Yeah. I, I think that's such a great, that's such a great friendship. I, I now I need to go back and rewatch Roxanne. I haven't seen that in years. It
3: is so interesting to me how the foundational elements of romance stories reappear in different formats every five to ten years, and I love yeah. it. Like I'm never going to run too. out.
2: <laughs> no, I, I don't. It, I don't find it. Um, it's never repetitive no. because there are so many people creating such interesting work that the spins that are getting, and and the, just the the work that's being done is so inventive and interesting. It never gets boring. And there's a comfort to it for me. Like I'm always like, "Mm." I love an enemies to lovers. I know what's going to happen here. Like, hate each other all you want because
3: it's fine. I know we're going to turn
2: out well. Yeah. Yeah. This is a safe space for you to hate each other.
3: And like you said, with your, your world in, in a New York minute, so many people have turned to romance right now in the past two years, just because it is a wonderful place. As one of my writers, Carrie says it's, it's a wonderful place to put your anxiety because you know, in this world, you know what the end goal is, you know, where you're going to end up. And so it's okay to entrust your emotions to this particular story because the beats are familiar you know what's going to happen and you know where you're going
2: i i think that is so vital about yes. this genre and so imp- i mean look romance gets um trivialized in so many ways and yes. it drives me crazy because it's such an um, important genre of writing but can confirm yes I really, <laughs> I really feel that strongly i feel that as a reader. Um, Uh, Like, for example, when my mom passed away many years ago, the first the the thing that got me kind of reading again was was contemporary uh, YA romance. Yep. And, you know, just recently through Omicron, I was so overwhelmed and I got really into Ice Planet Barbarians. I'm still reading. I've read like 30 of them.
3: My my biggest email request now is. I like this. I need to find more. Can you please help? Yes. Yes. First of all, I'm a very expensive person to email. I'm a very expensive person to know. But yes, I can help you find more. Now, speaking of podcasting, I adore your podcast. Thank you for teaching me ways to make my skin calm down. Oh, my God.
2: It is an honor. Thank you very much for giving it a listen. I appreciate that. Oh, I've been a subscriber for a very long time. Oh, thank you.
3: When you started it, did you think it would end up being what it is? (laughs)
2: no (laughs) no 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 no! like a hundred times no I we started working on it my my memoir was coming out and so I was overwhelmed with this very personal book coming into the world and it was 2017 yep so I was also overwhelmed by the um, American political system and um, just really like curled up into a ball of despair half the time I just was like it would be nice to talk about just like you know how we're taking care of ourselves. And sometimes those things can feel very mundane and like silly, but I still want to talk to to people about them. Absolutely. And I, I want to feel like, like it's okay. So no, we started it really for fun. Um, and it really took on a life of its own very quickly. And it was mm-hmm. very unexpected. And now it's my job. And I'm so grateful. I actually said to a friend yesterday, I was like, I can't believe that I, I am so lucky that I get like half my job is podcasting and the other half is writing books. And these are things I've always like, I've always wanted to write yep. fiction and podcasting is so much fun. And it's such a privilege that that's what I'm doing and I'm am paid to do it. So long answer, but yeah, no, we didn't. And I'm, I'm so honored that there was a community of listeners eager for like listening to us talk about please. Yep. And also like therapy
3: yep it's a gift, right to keep people company It's lovely. It is such a lovely thing what are What are your favorite parts of podcasting? Is it getting voicemail from people? Is it getting recommendations from people like what what are your favorite parts of it
2: I mean, at the end of the day, it has been incredibly moving to hear from listeners who have been going through whatever hard time in their life and have gotten something out of our our podcast mm-hmm. that is like that is so beyond my imagination, um, and not something I ever really thought about when we started to know that we get to keep, not just keep people company, but have kept people company through a pandemic mm-hmm. or through some really hard times. That means like the world to me. Um, and the community of listeners that our show is, has, they're, they're just fun, generous, kind people. This is great. I feel like you're all my friends. I hope that's okay. But <laughs> <I've>, <laughs> Think of you strangers as yeah. my friends. So I always ask
3: this question. What books are you reading that you would like to tell people about?
2: Okay. So I've been asked this a lot lately. The honest answer is that I truly have been reading mostly Ice Planet Barbarian books since late November. But I am i am happy to report a few others have, have broken in. Um, <laughs> so so I do love Ice Planet Barbarians. Recommend. Um, I just finished uh, Bara Haran's new book, Camila Knows Best. Um, she writes just really delightful romantic like pure-hearted romantic comedies. This book this book is a um a send-up of Emma, Jane yep. Austen's Emma. It's just so sweet and romantic and also she just writes really fun feminist women and I really enjoy that about her work. So I just finished that. I'm doing an event with her. I'm very excited because I'm like I've sent her like fangirly DMs for the last year or so <laughs> I really I loved um Her the book before that that she wrote, accidentally engaged. She also writes cooking really well. Friend of mine, Alyssa Sussman has a romance coming out called Funny You Should Ask, that is based on a relationship between a an entertainment writer and a celebrity that she interviews, um, where their story kind of also kind of goes viral and is very. It's the story that makes her famous as a writer because it it kind of alludes to the fact that something more might have happened between them. And then 10 years later, she's asked to interview him again. And it's told through, um, you know, dual timelines. And it's she's just a great writer. Um, I recently read and blurbed uh, the book, The Mutual Friend by Carter Bays, who is one of the creators of How I Met Your Mother. This book is another book set in New York City. And it, like, ripped my heart open. Oh, it's no. just it was so good. And the end, at the end, it was one of those books where I was like, I'm just going to finish. Like it's 1am. I have to keep going. And then I couldn't sleep because I was like blubbering in my bed for 30 minutes, but it was, it was just beautifully written and um, not a romance book, but uh, Marissa Renee Lee has a new book coming out called grief is love. And as a person who has written about grief, I'm always really interested in other books about grief Mm -hmm. and And specifically losing her mom. And she just writes really beautifully about grief. I've been reading that in small bites and it's just, um, it's just lovely. And I think anytime anyone has gone through a big traumatic loss of a person in their life, it can feel so isolating and books really, books really got me through and it's what inspired me to write one. And so her book is coming out later this year and it's really great. Yay.
3: Thank you so much for doing this
2: interview. I really, oh, really appreciate your time. This was such a pleasure. I've been reading your site for many years. Oh, so gosh, thank you. Uh, yeah. So this was this was like, I feel like I don't know, like I'm very excited to be here. I have to say. Oh, oh thank you. I'm, I'm yeah, really and, honored. And you know what? You're Turning there red. have been some some reviews on your site that have really ch- like opened my eyes to things I wasn't seeing in certain books that we're very impactful. So yeah. I really appreciate the, the work that you guys are doing.
3: And that brings us to the end of this week's episode. Thank you to Kate Spencer for hanging out with me and talking about romantic comedies. And thank you to Estelle, her publicist, who helped set this interview up. If you would like to find a copy of the book or any of the other books and movies we mentioned, everything's in the show notes at trashybooks.com I do have some questions I would love to know the answers to, though. What... Is your favorite vintage rom com or not vintage? If there's a new one you love most, what rom com should I be watching next? Email me at sbjpodcast at gmail dot com or leave a voice message at two zero one three seven one three two seven two. I love hearing from you, and I would love to know what's your favorite vintage rom com. What stories have your very favorite portrayals of friendship? And you know what city is your favorite? I would love to hear from you. And as always, I end with a terrible joke. This joke comes from Maggie. Who in our 501st episodes showed me pictures and I shared with you of an entire door of bad jokes and this is another one of Maggie's door of bad jokes. Why don't you see penguins in Britain? Why don't you see penguins in Britain? They're afraid of whales. <laughs> You know what's great? When you learn Welsh in Duolingo, one of the first things it teaches you is to say, good morning, dragon. And I am a dragon. And if you know how much I love dragons, you now know how much I want to go to Wales. Because apparently you can just walk up and say, good morning, dragon. This is a thing I need to know in lesson one of learning Welsh. (laughs) They're afraid of whales. Thank you, Maggie. On behalf of everyone here, including the dog who is staring at me because he wants treats, we wish you the very best of reading. Have a wonderful weekend and we will see you here next week. Smart Podcast Trashy Books is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. You can find more outstanding podcasts to subscribe to at frolic.media slash podcasts.
1: Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods,